As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. We've yet to leave this planet, so this is where we are. Well, yeah, we don't know what timeline this is, though, so I don't no, know. No, we don't, but we do know that this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina, and I blacked out my curtains in my room because I had a terrible migraine, and so I'm now, like, obviously that's helpful for my migraine, but, like... It's the antithesis of what I preach every time we record. I'm always like, make sure you turn the light on. And now I'm like, 
diving myself into darkness. I know. I feel like staring at a screen at our, at the video of me is not helping. So why don't you just close your eyes? I because, am. I, uh, I will. <laughs> yeah. This is a podcast. You don't need to see me. You can just close <laughs> your eyes and listen. But that's kind of even scarier of like getting rid of, rid of one of my senses. Yeah. And to sit up and close your eyes. I, that was the thing that I always struggled so much with in yoga. And I still don't do it when people are like, close your eyes. I never close my eyes. I just look down. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to be, I need to be alert. I need to be aware. I, yeah. I mean, anytime, I mean, the dark, having your eyes closed, just not knowing where you are, I'm, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know who's coming at me. I know. It'd be interesting to do an escape room in complete darkness with strangers. Yeah, where you like, uh, I don't know if it's complete darkness or like if you have the night vision goggles oh, on or something. Oh, that would be fun. Wouldn't it? That'd be pretty cool. It'd be kind of scary. I feel like those already have yeah. such high stakes that my adrenaline would be pumping. I know. Well, it just reminds me of the game that my brother and I used to play, which I know I've told you that we've done this before. When we got a fog machine, we used to go into our basement in the complete darkness <laughs> and put it on the setting where it like wasn't flash, 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 but it was like flash a couple seconds pass flash and it was did you say so strobe scary. machine or fog machine sorry both <laughs> oh my god that's even better you would so put both be, of them on yeah complete fog so you couldn't see more oh. than like a foot in front of you and then we would just walk around the room and then I the strobe light this. would flash and we'd be like near oh each other my gosh. Like, ah! <laughs> i love this so much yeah oh that makes me want to do like that me. Um, oh. I do have a ghost story for you. Amazing. Yes. I'm going to so close my eyes and listen and get scared. Yes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this ghost story. So it, it is not mine, nor is it my parents. But my dad, one of his employees, has a ghost story. And it took my mom being in the office to get the ghost story. So <laughs> she's actually the one that delivered this info to me. Thank you, Deb. Yes. But this guy, John, who who works with both my parents because they, they work together, they – so. So he grew up in – I'm going to butcher the, the pronunciation of this Massachusetts town, but it's like Lunenburg, Lunenburg. I don't know. Town names are hard around here. <laughs> but he grew up in that town. And at some point a few years ago, I think I'm fairly certain he was an adult at this point. He was at his house and the dog, the, the family dog, was going wild and like could not stop barking and kept barking and barking and barking towards this one – section and his dad is like yelling at the dog like be quiet like stop barking and john's like hmm i'm gonna go look at what the dog is yeah. saying outside He's like is someone your in pets. our yard or something yeah so he looks out and he sees soldiers <gasps> going through the yard like walking what? through the yard in old civil war outfits and not just one many many multiple <gasps> civil war oh my gosh uniforms yes and so he was like holy shit so this was like 15 years ago okay and so there are no pictures of it but my mom said that that he thought that they had a video from like a security footage camera mm -hmm. of it and so she's asking him to ask his parents oh my gosh i like hope find it if it's still there so that we can watch these soldiers like walking through his backyard that would be amazing yeah oh and my this gosh was like a, a site in massachusetts where you know things happened there was a bunch of soldiers a lot of deaths and so it must be some sort of like residual haunting where these these soldiers are like still marching through oh and it just gosh. happens to be their backyard now and like the dog saw the dog saw and freaked out like yeah, as if it were a real course. human being i mean that's intimidating to see 
I right. mean, I feel bad for the dog. Poor dog is like, who are all these like weapon wielding men approaching our home and then add on to oh my gosh that is so wild right and also <gasps> think about you know what i've never really thought about but now i'm thinking about it right now is when we say trust your pets i always just kind of thought of pets as like being this blanket like okay like they know good or bad right but these soldiers could have been very good people but think about like the energy that someone going through yeah. that is putting off there's so much adrenaline pumping through your body there's so much nervousness and like just like fight or flight everything's kicking in you're you're experiencing so many emotions i'm sure when you're put in that position and the dog is is picking up on this so it's like oh yeah. my god intruder in our yard and these guys like i can't read their energy they're bad news I mean, yeah, that's total stranger danger vibes. Like dogs bark at mailmen coming up the driveway. So a bunch of soldiers coming up is that time is a million. I know. Leia's like, I totally empathize with that dog because that is <laughs> like, Leia, super scary. Is there a soldier in here? What do you see? Desire. Ooh, oh, <laughs> okay. She just Crash wants to be me. up here. She just jumped up onto the desk. She's like, this is my show. It does make me wonder, like, what other things will we see in the future now that there are so many people that have, like, ring cameras and all of these Ugh. security cameras set up on their property? I just feel like the footage is getting better. Everything is getting better. And so I feel like in 10, 15 years, we're just going to have a plethora of unexplained, high-definition video footage of spirits and odd anomalies and Bigfoot and all the cryptids wow i'm excited for that me too we're gonna have so much footage it's gonna be great the only thing that is also hard about that is that also now technology has evolved so much that like there's a higher chance of things being like false or like falsified you know i think technology of like photoshop and stuff are so much yeah. higher quality that it is I know. going so to be harder hoaxes. to distinguish the two like the difference between them. That's true. That's and like the classic. I, I just said I don't trust many people. It is interesting. I don't trust people in my vicinity or like who are walking past me. But when it comes to the paranormal, like I trust anyone and everyone. You tell me something, I'm like, oh my God, I 100% believe you. I guess it's yeah. like there's no personal, like it's not like against me. They're not attacking me. Right. And like we want to believe. And I feel like, yeah. I feel like the majority of the time too, it's one of those things where you can kind of tell when people are being genuine and so it's easier to believe people's ghost stories this reminds me my aunt texted me after our mermaid episode came out oh really like, oh my god Addie's so happy that you believe in mermaids she's been wanting to <laughs> to talk to someone about mermaids and Addie's like my seven-year-old cousin <laughs> and i was like honestly i believe in pretty much everything so tell me what else she believes in because we can talk about that stuff too <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, that's yeah. great. I feel like she's so – Addie's so much like us, though, because my aunt goes, LOL, she's obsessed that they must be real. And I was like, me too. Like, oh, my god, They've got to be. Things have got to be real. I believe in – yeah, we've covered this. I believe in everything. But we believe collectively in ghosts and aliens and all that. 100%. You know how, like, you know, people pass their businesses down to, like, family relatives? <laughs> Are we – is Addie going to inherit our podcast? Probably. I mean, I made sure to give her the same trauma I had at the exact same age by giving her in a dark, dark room that book. And she oh. read The Green Ribbon. And yep, I scarred her. And I was like, wow. good. But after I was like, oh, she probably was way too young for that, even though it was the same time I read it. But I was scarred from it, too. She'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Fast forward 20 years when yeah. she's our age. Yeah. And we're old biddies. 
and can no longer podcast. And can no longer podcast. And are slathering our skin in the finest of materials. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we're excited about this topic. It yeah, was yeah. picked by our Patreon donor, Kristen, and it's also a beloved topic to us because it is the very first topic we ever covered on this podcast. It is hotels haunted hotels and Kryn, you and i have been talking so much about the road trip that we want to do and how obviously we want to go in the van but like we don't necessarily have to sleep in the van and it's also more exciting and fun if we sleep in haunted hotels because what good content will come from that so i was like so i just love doing these episodes because now we can decide after each of our stories if we stay there or skip it because we have to start finding places to stay right I think we should – I mean, this is a good way for us to just, like, create a big, long list of places to go or places to avoid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I agree. A yes or no list. Yeah. I like it. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, anytime we stay at a hotel together, I think <laughs> this is always, like, the ultimate goal. Like, do we do ghost hunting through the hallways at oh, night? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear – we'll decide after you tell your story, we can decide if we want to stay there. Okay. All right. Well, so this one was easy for me because months ago, my boyfriend, Brian, so he's an assistant coach for this uh, youth baseball program in Massachusetts. And one day he was away for a tournament and he calls me because the head coach and him were talking about, you know, like the podcast and ghosts and stuff. And the head coach, who is a retired professional baseball player, wanted to know if I'd ever heard of the Lackawanna Station Hotel or if you had ever heard of it. It's in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, famous for The Office. Famous for The Office. But I've never heard of it. No, I've never heard of this hotel. And let me say this. They weren't staying at this hotel, Brian and the the head coach, but this hotel is pretty notorious amongst professional baseball players. So it was like the perfect marriage between what they were doing and what they were talking about, like me doing. And Mm. so they're like, ooh, this hotel, you should look into it. It's super haunted. And I was like, okay, that's super weird. Like this haunted hotel that targets professional baseball players. What? 
Well, this is really interesting because mine targets professional basketball players. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. Why do we always do this? I don't know. We never coordinate and somehow it always works out. Wait, I, that's so weird. What is <laughs> so up? Weird. The world wants Ooh. us to tell these stories, I guess. I don't know if I'm excited or like grossed out by it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it just proves we are so in sync and I love it. Okay, well, great. So let's learn about this place. Great. The hotel was not always a hotel, as you can probably guess, as most buildings have been repurposed. But back in 1908, the structure was built as a train station. And it was built in this like French Renaissance style. It was super beautiful. It still is. With this eight-foot bronze clock in the facade and Italian marble and this like ornamented mosaic tile floor in the grand lobby. It, it's super, super pretty. They have like numerous murals throughout by well-known artists and a Tiffany stained glass ceiling. Ooh. And they also have these rare marble walls from Siena, Italy. So I was like, damn, who was in charge of building this train station? And why aren't train stations still built like this? Like so bougie. It was like building a palace. Honestly, I feel like most old train stations are just stunning. Stunning. Yes. I love it. One of my coworkers the other day was like, I really want to go on a train here. Are they as beautiful as everyone says? And I'm like, oh, I think you're thinking of the videos of trains in Europe, <laughs> not in America. <laughs> uh, I mean, trains are not terrible. If you do like, what's a station in New York City? That one's beautiful. Oh, well, the actual station, but I'm thinking about like oh. the, act the trains, like Harry Potter, you know? Oh, they're not like that, but they're not terrible. We don't necessarily have that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're nicer than subways. They're nicer than subways. That's true. But like the old, you know, murder on the Orient Express sort of thing, I think. Yeah, but not all trains are like that. Even the ones in Europe <laughs> aren't like that. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. I've been on trains in Europe. I've been on trains in South America. But still, I have in my mind that like everybody's keeping these beautiful trains for oh me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. But the less glamorous side of this train station, other than shuttling people to and from their busy lives, was the need for transporting fallen soldiers from World War I. Oh, wow. So Scranton was a stop on the route, and the remains of these people, they would be kept overnight in the on-site morgue until the morning when the train would, would continue on and, and bring these people back to their families. Whoa. But as time went on, the station in Scranton, Pennsylvania – had seen better days. The town was struggling with unemployment rates. And in the 80s, the mayor was like, okay, we need to make some changes to the way that we run Scranton and, and what we do here. So let's make this like less of a pass through town and more of an attraction. And so this train station, it shut down and it's redeveloped as a hotel by a New York architect. And they kept a lot of the original features, like the clock, the door, the fountain, the ceiling, the general appearance. Like it's very beautiful if you look at, at photos. And then to reopen this place as a hotel, they put on a big New Year's Eve party with like this orchestra and there were over 600 guests. And I was like, oh, God, this just again sounds bougie. And I know it was in the 80s, but for some reason in my mind, I'm picturing like this, I don't know, like 1910 ball. And I'm like, Ooh. oh, I love it. Fancy. So fancy. In you my have mind, a fancy imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fancy and no one's inviting me. <laughs> I should have anxiety. Okay. <laughs> So the hotel changed ownership a few times, and now it's owned by a Radisson. So if you're like, do you want to stay at the Radisson in Scranton, Pennsylvania? 
whoever asks you that, just know that they're asking you to stay in a haunted hotel. Oh. So this Radisson is where professional baseball players like to stay. A Radisson where spirits like to watch the professional baseball players who like to stay. <laughs> it makes me wonder if they like to stay anymore. Uh, yeah. Well, there's plenty of stories of, of these guys checking out of this hotel and, and wow. running to nearby suites. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I think what's interesting is like, this isn't some big secret. These players literally give interviews about this. <laughs> like, like everyone's super spooked. Oh my gosh. So back in 2009, LA Dodgers pitcher David Price, who by the way, Sabrina has the same birthday as you. <gasps> thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you, David. Thank you to the universe. I don't know who I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I think I just get awkward around my birthday. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, like when people say happy birthday, I'm like, ah, like thanks. Or like, you just people sing happy you. birthday yeah you hear birthday thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay but david price he was playing in the minor leagues for the durham bulls and he and wade davis who's another pitcher they were in scranton pennsylvania to play against the yankees triple a club so there's a lot of tournaments there's a lot of minor league baseball happening in scranton pennsylvania okay so these two they end up staying in the radisson lackawanna station hotel the two of them check into this hotel and they get to their room and as they're in their room, like unpacking, hanging out, decompressing, they keep hearing a knocking on their door. And so they move towards the noise and they open the door, but no one was on the other side. The hallway empty. And they're like, okay, that's odd that this keeps happening, but whatever. Not something that really bugged them. Right. So as the two get into their respective beds to get some sleep that night, the room got really hot. Which oh. is so interesting when it gets really hot instead of really cold. I'm yeah. Like, what is going on here? But I guess it was a, a train station and those ventilation and everything. It can get really, really hot. And so the room gets super, super hot. And they turn on the air conditioner, but it keeps turning to hot air. So they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe we can explain this away. It's a faulty air conditioner unit or there's some locked setting that we can't get it off of. Like whatever. It's not not quite thinking totally paranormal yet. Right. But what they couldn't explain were the noises that began not knocking on the door anymore but the noises moved to the walls oh. and wade explained the noises coming from the walls as sounding like he said kind of like screams oh my gosh so these guys they don't sleep at all <laughs> and this was the night after a game like they'd they'd played the game and so they're exhausted they should have been passing out but they were wide awake and as soon as they could, early in the morning at 7.30 a.m., they, like, packed their bags, they check out, and then they move to the hotel down the street because they're like, hell no, are we ever sleeping yeah. in this room again? I would say it's a good thing that it was before or after the game, not before. Right, but normally, like, baseball teams, when they go to locations, they'll stay, they'll, they'll play, like, three, four games. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it's not, like, one and done. Like, they, they had many days ahead of them. I'm glad that they moved then. That seems like the yes. right call. Yes, exactly. So Wade Davis, he still talks about the experience that they both had. But David Price, the other guy that was with him, the L.A. Dodgers pitcher, he's kept pretty quiet about it. And a spokesperson has said when people have like reached out to him for comment, a spokesperson for him has said that he's not interested in retelling that story. <laughs> oh, my God. And gosh. has like made comments kind of making it seem like it never happened. Oh. And I was like, OK, I understand. Like encountering the paranormal, that could be scary. That can be confusing. Many people are concerned about like, you know, being mocked by their peers for right. believing in, in ghosts. It's Or even just it's scary for them time. and they don't want to acknowledge it. Exactly. 
Okay, but we don't have to feel too bad for this guy because there are other pros who've come forward with ghost stories from this hotel. So Wade isn't just like left dry. Left field? Left left field. Left left field, right field, Words center field. so hard. Center, Baseball. I don't know. Sports. Yeah, I think he's the catcher now. What's Is there a catcher? <laughs> What's baseball? There's a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> All men listening to our podcast immediately tuned out. <laughs> so sad because I should know more of this. If only I listened when Brian spoke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So another professional baseball player, a baseball shortstop, Guki Dawkins, who's a current coach now, he believed that this place was definitely haunted and he told this to scott mccauley and scott mccauley is a sports broadcaster in indianapolis so scott is like okay i obviously need to keep my eyes peeled for any other players who may have a haunting tale from this place so he kind of seeks these stories out and he finds some he finds a lot of players that have experiences here so one player tells him that around midnight this guy and three other teammates were walking down the sixth floor hallway. And by the way, this is only six stories high. So the sixth floor is the top floor. Okay. They're walking down the sixth floor hallway and they see a man leaning over the railing, looking down at the dining room on the first floor. And the players, they stop in their tracks and they're staring at this man because he's he doesn't look like a living man. Like he looks, tra- he looks like a ghost. He's transparent. Oh. And so they're staring at this man and the man turns and says, I died in a car accident. <gasps> and as he's saying this, his head spins like 360 and what? He falls over the railing. And the men are like basically shrieking with fear at this point. The four of them turn on their heels and they sprint back to their rooms on the other side of this floor. Oh, that sounds like something that happens in Halloween Town. Seriously, it really, really does. And so they told this t- to their other teammates, but so many people were like, we don't believe this story. Like, this sounds so made up. Like, what a stupid prank. Thank goodness they weren't alone. Like, it was just, it was a few people who, who experienced it. Right. But the yeah, the guys swear it happened. And whether it w- is a prank or not, there's so much activity that happens beyond this that I'm like, that absolutely could have happened. And oh, there's a lot. I believe it. There are many more sightings of this oh man and also a woman that's at the top floor near the railing or or just like wandering around. So it is just so interesting how the spirit is so interactive. Like right to turn and speak. Yeah, and to communicate. Yeah, just like communicate how they how they died and then turn their head around like it does feel i don't know it feels prankstery a bit right it's going back again to what we were saying a few episodes ago when i was like it feels a little bit like monsters inc-esque where people are the spirits are like daring each other to do something to do things yeah yeah i don't know but this happened and apparently on the same trip this one of the the baseball players from that group who macaulay he like pretty much kept most players names anonymous because I think while they constantly talk about everything that happens, there's only a few of them that are like, I volunteer my story to be attached to my name. Right, right. So he kept the player's name private. But this player woke up at 2 a.m. and thought that he was having a seizure because he couldn't move and his arms Mm. felt like they were being pinned next to him on the bed and the room was ice cold. And he's like fighting. He's trying to, you know, move his forearms, like flex his biceps, like trying to move his arms because they're completely still pinned His big muscular baseball arms. Exactly. Like if if you can throw 90 mile an hour ball, you should be able to freaking pick up your arm. 
but he couldn't. And after 20 seconds of absolute panic, the pressure released and then he could move again. And so now he's, you know, he's breathing heavy. His body's now sweating from fear. The typical reaction of surviving a paranormal encounter. Yeah. So he sits up, he turns on the lights and then he goes and he walks into the bathroom. And when he catches a glimpse of his reflection in the mirror, he's stunned because he sees red marks covering his <gasps> forearms and his biceps as if someone was truly pinning him Holding down. him down. Oh, my gosh. So he's terrified now. He sits on his bed with the lights on for <laughs> multiple more hours until his roommate, like, saunders in drunk from the bar. <laughs> and... Then the sum came up and he was like, I'm freaking switching rooms. And so he switched rooms because he was like, I can't deal with that again. I don't know how he stayed in the room by himself for multiple hours. Right. Like at least go down to the lobby or something. Yeah. Or like right away ask for a new room. Maybe it's one of those things where you're so frozen with fear. You're like, I just have to completely sit still because even the act of like putting on my shirt and my pants to go downstairs is so scary. That's true. That someone is. Yeah. It takes time and you feel exposed. Yeah. So. This reporter, Macaulay, he heard another story from a different trip involving two players who were sharing a room on the sixth floor. So the same location that this other man did like a 360 head spin and off the balcony he went. (laughs) But one of them was in the bathroom when the light went out and he reached for the outlet and, you know, he switches it back on. And for a minute, everything is fine. But then the lights go out again. And this guy's he's a bit freaked out. Presumably, I'm sure he he'd heard the reputation of the hotel. So I feel like this guy probably was like, oh, my God, ghosts. Something's happening. Yeah. Yes. And so he calls the other player into the room and the other player is like, oh, my God, it's nothing. It's an old hotel, faulty wiring. You're fine. So this player is kind of chuckling and and he comes and meets the other guy in the bathroom and he flicks the light switch on again. And then the lights go on and off and on and off. (gasps) Multiple times? So quickly. And the switch, the actual switch on the outlet is moving up and down and up and down. And it happens for a full 10 seconds before both of the men race out of the room down the hallway and escape this bathroom spirit. And they're like, we don't know how long this thing was flickering because we freaking bolted after 10 seconds. Oh, and for like the audacity of the spirit to like physically do the manipulation of the switch. Like it just, it means that they were right there in the same room together. Literally right there. Oh, oh. I'm just picturing it like crawling on the wall, like being upside down. <gasps> oh. Like not even standing up right next to them, like upside down, like click, 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 click. I hate it. I so hate it. So creepy. I just went and checked my light. Oh, yes. I know. Not a good time for you to be sitting in darkness. No, no. <laughs> Okay, so then a pitcher and another player, Ryan Tatusco, he wrote a blog post about the hauntings here. And in 2007, he was staying in Scranton for a few minor league games, and he said the hotel was super, super creepy. And he, you know, picked up on some paranormal vibes, but didn't immediately have a interaction with a ghost himself. But his teammates encountered the spirits. One teammate was staying in a room with his wife and watched as a drinking glass was just pushed like slid across the table and then hit the ground and shattered. <laughs> was it a cat because that's what I Leia was does <laughs> about to say that same thing it sounds so much like a cat doesn't it it really does and so ryan said that in his time staying at this hotel and playing baseball pretty much every single person he talked to had a couple stories whether the stories happened to them or to another player on their team but one guy told him that he saw a ghost in his room in the middle of the night just standing there another person told him about their coach waking up in the middle of the night to his tv being turned off and then being like physically pushed like tucked back into the stand-up dresser that it sat in that you could kind of like pull it out i mean that's kind of helpful if he fell asleep watching the tv and the ghost is like 
okay, I'll turn it off. True, but that's that's scary. <laughs> that's like a lot of weight. That's like moving furniture, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then Ryan recalls other players' sleepless nights. Men would just arrive to the fields day after day, a few of them much more sleep-deprived than the others, and everyone would, like, <laughs> excitedly gather around and ask them if they'd seen anything. <laughs> And then other baseball players have seen lights flicker. They hear strange noises. And one coach even saw a spirit while walking to his room. And this coach, he was walking down the hallway and another person was coming towards him. And the person was like, you know, taking up quite a bit of space in this in this hall wasn't, you know, pushed to one side. Mm -hmm. So the coach, as he's passing by him, he kind of like goes to the side and says, excuse me, and slides past the person. And then he turns around and that person that he just passed had vanished yep so while the players themselves had plenty of stories to share and i'm sure they still do they also swapped history and some lore from the lackawanna station hotel so one told of a woman who was in the train station when she was given the news that her husband had died so unable to go on she goes up to the sixth floor and she jumps off and her body hits the ground with such force that the tile on the first floor cracked Oh my gosh. And the tile has since so sad. And it makes it kind of makes sense as to why people see both that that man on the sixth floor, but also that woman on the sixth floor. Mm -hmm. And this tile that had cracked, it's been replaced numerous times, but each time it recracks in the exact same spot. Like it doesn't matter that the tile keeps getting fixed. It keeps cracking in the exact same spot. So eventually management is like, okay, whatever. And just mostly leaves it that way. That just really makes me think, I mean, it makes me question timelines and just because it it just makes me feel like it's happening so many times in so many different timelines that like that specific spot just like can't be fixed. Or is it every single time this woman in her spectral body replays that nightmare, you know? Like I'm almost thinking of the show Ghosts where that one woman can't help it. Like every single morning at 5 a.m. she screams and jumps out of the window and she can't stop herself from doing it. It's like this weird residual haunting thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost making me think of that. Like did she – Interesting. Does her ghost – does her spirit have to – fall and crack the tile again and each time it falls the tile recracks i hope it's not that i know that just makes me feel sad for her well it doesn't get much better (laughs) (laughs) good okay one of ryan's teammates had gone back to his room and this guy noticed that his room was really thick with the smell of fresh flowers like quite literally so strong he couldn't even walk in it was just like this wall of scent that hit him it was gross So he goes down to the front desk. He doesn't even walk in. He turns around. He goes down to the front desk and he requests at the front desk to ask that tomorrow when his room is serviced, that the maid servicing not include such a strong scent. And the woman at the front desk informed him that they don't do anything like that. Like there's no scent sprayed into the rooms. So she asks him what sort of scent he's talking about. And he watches as her face twitches in realization. She tells him that the hotel operated as a train station, which now we know, Mm-hmm. but that the dead bodies that were transported through the stations were sometimes left <gasps> there for families oh. to come and pick up. So after a day or two of being at the station, the bodies would smell so bad that people would literally like spray or throw anything on them to make oh them my smell somewhat good, you know, attempt to mask the smell. Oh my gosh. Isn't that creepy? It is. I am glad it's the smell of flowers and not like the smell of decaying bodies because I would much – I mean, the smell of flowers is something I could live with. It makes me wonder who it is, though. Like, is it a spirit who whose body was once covered in all of this scent? 
Or is it just like all of the spirits of the people whose bodies were there kind of have this lingering smell? Yeah. Like yeah. any of them could or pass Or like a through. collective memory of, yeah. of what the place was like at that time. Yeah. Okay. So these hauntings, while the baseball players, <laughs> the minor league baseball players, have a shit ton of experiences and are continually haunted by this Radisson hotel that they have to stay at. The hauntings don't exclude the staff and other hotel guests. It's not just baseball players. It's everybody. And I'll say this too. What I find so funny is that when I was looking for non-baseball player experiences, and I found this post on TripAdvisor where someone asked if it was haunted. And the management (laughs) team responded and they gave a quick like, no, we've renovated it plenty. It is not haunted. This is just a prank that the local minor league baseball team plays on each other. Oh, but then under that comment, it's just a long thread of other guests who are like, oh, my God, <gasps> this place is so haunted. Listen to this crazy experience that happened oh to me while I was there. What a find. <laughs> I love that. I mean, yeah. I just feel like hotels nowadays, especially big chains like that, like they often make their employees sign non-disclosures that they won't say anything about it being haunted because they don't want that reputation. Which is ridiculous. Like, build a new freaking hotel then if you don't want to incorporate the ghosts in the history of the structure that you're moving into. And also, like, hey, as you and I know, a renovation is not going to get rid of ghosts. If anything, we know that it makes it more than more active. Exactly. Renovation does not equal ghost removal. <laughs> no. At all. And two, I just feel like it's one thing to outwardly advertise your hotel as like, this is the most haunted hotel. Come to this haunted hotel. Do you want to stay in this haunted hotel? But if it's just a haunted hotel that, you know, you like mention, like the Omni Parker House Hotel. So yeah. many people stay there in Boston. They don't outwardly advertise like, you're going to see a ghost. But if you ask about it, they'll tell you. They have like yeah. literally a page of ghost stories that they print out and hand to you so that you can yeah. learn about it. So I don't really understand why some of these big chains are so freaked out. It's like, if you're not... So many people don't believe in spirits and they're not going to care. And so many people don't Google, is this hotel haunted before staying there? Except for you and I. Except for us. is our new thing that we do because after you accidentally stayed. Oops. At a a place that we'd already researched. (laughs) That was a real big oopsie. I think I thought like in my mind, I was like, this sounds familiar, but not from the podcast. I just thought like, oh, this is a place people stay. Oops. Oh, gosh. Oopsie. Okay. But yeah, speaking of people signing these like NDAs and, and whatnot, there actually are interviews with other hotel managers and staff talking about their encounters. So while the TripAdvisor comment was made, there's plenty of people that actually work there that are like, uh, I'm raising my hand. I saw a ghost. <laughs> so there was this new bartender at Lackawanna Station Hotel and she very quickly became pretty nervous about working there because she encountered not one but two paranormal encounters not long after beginning her work. So the first encounter happened when she was wrapping up her shift. Remember she's a bartender so she's Mm -hmm. she's there you know she's putting stuff away clearing the bar top I don't know going through the closing checklist I don't really know what bar things what that looks like bar things she's doing bar things and this older man peeks his head into the bar. And she looks up at him and she watches as he disappears into thin air. So it wasn't as if he just poked his head in uh, like around the corner and then like went back and then she went looking for him. No, she like watches as his face essentially disintegrates into nothing. Oh my gosh. So up at the bar, this bartender is not safe from paranormal activity and apparently not in the basement either because while she was down there, she heard a child screaming. (gasps) Oh, that's awful. Yes. Sound came from really close by. So she sprinted up the stairs, terrified of, you know, what might have been approaching. 
So very, very scary. The a child screaming in a basement is like a demon dead That's what giveaway. It feels like. Yeah. Or just like, I don't want to, I don't, why am I suddenly so cold? Oh, I'm getting freaked out. Oh, no. I feel like the air in my room just got freezing. I might need to turn the light on. And then I'm going to be in pain. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll stay. I'll stay in dark. You'll okay. just warn me if like red eyes peer behind me, right? I'll just politely suggest that maybe you should turn a light on. If I see <laughs> okay. that, I won't scare you while you're still in darkness. <laughs> okay. I'll say, go grab Leia and turn on the lights. <laughs> Will you banish the thing? Yeah. No, you'll freak out. If you saw something, you would not be that calm. I'd be, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so would I. Okay, so another hotel worker at the Lackawanna Station Hotel has said that they've worked at a few haunted locations before, but none had such frequent activity as working in this hotel. This person said that they would often see these strange people, like people who looked kind of ghostly or dressed up with clothes from the past, but mostly from far distances. So they couldn't really tell. It was like, you know, seeing someone that seemed off at the end of the hall when you're you're mm-hmm. halfway there and you're like, huh, what is that squinting sort of thing? So they think they've seen these spirits often. And he also said that when he gets off the elevator, it sometimes feels as if he's walking across foam, which oh. is super odd. That's a weird a weird way to describe it and like a very strange feeling, a very specifically strange feeling. Yeah. I'm a little freaked out after saying that because when I wrote that line, I kind of felt like I was about to faint and I was like, oh, maybe I've had too much coffee. Like I just chalked it up to something, but saying it again right now, I feel the same way. I feel like oh. a bunch of pressure in my head and I'm going to pass out. <gasps> Whoa. It's the foam. It's, it's the filling foam. my ears and my brain. Guests have also reported being pinned down on their beds by an unforeseen force. So just like that other baseball player who said that he was pinned down and noticed all the marks on his on his hand. So other people are getting pinned down, too. They see what appears to be a hotel worker on the sixth floor. The TV's turning on and off by themselves and just a cacophony of voices coming from the middle of the room. And this strong scent of perfume and cologne. So like even the people that are not not baseball players, like the normal guests here, the normal patrons and and the staff are experiencing the exact same things all of these baseball players are reporting. Oh, my gosh. There's also a man who's dressed up in a serving uniform that people see running through the halls. So he's, like, passing these living guests who realize only when they turn to watch him, you know, briskly walk down the hall that he's disappeared in a blink of an eye. So and he's also, still working. like, imagine how many people don't turn around and see that he's disappeared. You know, like, you just yeah, keep probably- walking if you see someone <laughs> charging past you. So many people probably see spirits and have no idea. Have no idea. There was one person who wrote on, I don't remember if it was TripAdvisor or another blog, but I looked at a ton of these and someone had written that on May 18th, 2017, they were staying at this hotel. Their flight got canceled. And so they checked into the Lackawanna Station Hotel, this Radisson. Mm -hmm. And they're laying in their bed when they hear dozens of voices all at once. And they're like, oh, God, that's annoying. Like, there must be a gap at the window or I'm hearing it through the vent. And so they go over to the window to, you know, look at the vent and look at the window and see where it's coming from. But as they get over there, everything is silent. There's no noise coming from the vent, no noise coming from the window. And as they move back into the room, they realize that these voices are coming from within the room. (gasps) Uh. And in the middle of the night, they wake up to the TV being turned on. So again, oh my gosh. same stuff. Everyone is experiencing like a buffet of things. It's just like you pick three and that's what everybody gets. <laughs> wow. 
Another guest was in room 108. So if you ever want to stay here, we know the sixth floor is super haunted, as is room 108. And she was staying there with her fiance. And they were there. They were in town for a wedding that weekend. So they get back to their room pretty late. It's 2 a.m. once they are done with all of the wedding festivities. And the hanging light is swaying. But they're like, nah, that just must be from people walking in the room above us. Uh. So then 30 minutes later, they get into bed and they find two pennies face up, both from 1978. <gasps> oh, so my God. I just weird. got chills. Isn't How it? cool. And then the lamp is now swaying back and forth. And so the woman, she gets up and she walks over to, you know how in hotel rooms there's always like that little desk as if you're going to, you know, yeah. work a full business day in, <laughs> in the room. So she goes and she sits at that desk in the chair, in the computer desk chair to use the phone and call down to the lobby. And as she sits down in the chair, the chair is really warm as if someone had just been sitting there. But there are no vents. There's no air circulation right there because she investigated. She was like, what is this? Whoa. So there's just so, so much that happens here. It sounds like the chances of something happening are are enormous. And so I've just told you a bunch of stories. I've told you the stories of of the minor league baseball players. I've told mm-hmm. you the stories of the the staff and the hotel guests. But that is just a small amount from this hotel, from what was online. There are so, so many hauntings and so many people reporting on what has happened to them when they stay here. So go to the Radisson Lackawanna Station Hotel in Scranton, Pennsylvania, grab yourself a stay, wander around the sixth floor, and then report back to us with your paranormal findings. Yeah. If you live in the area, go just go walk around for, for fun. Yeah. So, well, okay. So actually, the Historical Society in the month of October, they do walking ghost tours and they stop uh. at, at a bunch of different haunted locations and tell you about them. And I read that they had asked permission to essentially like go into the hotel with the tour. And the hotel was like, no. <laughs> so they do go there. They just don't go inside, but they'll bring you there and, and okay. tell you all about the history of the building and the spirits within alongside a bunch of other locations that are accessible via the walking tour. Oh my gosh, so fun. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to stay there. I mean, most of the haunting seems benign, but like the being held down and whispers, the whispers in the room are not cool with me. No, it really is scary. Like it's one thing for the TV. Well, even the TV. Fuck that. I don't want that. (laughs) It's one thing to see someone in the hallway. It's another for it to be in your room. Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel safe. I'll take the pennies. Yeah. I'll take money. That is a cool, that's like a very cool experience because it's like it there's something about this place i mean the fact that it was a train station we've talked about it before like train stations have this like weird transient coming and going which works so well with the mm-hmm. paranormal it almost feels like a portal but it also like has this weird time warpy thing where like the floor stays cracked or like continues to get cracked the money coming back from like 1978 or whatever Like, I just, I feel like there's a portal and, like, if you were to ever time travel, this would be the hotel to stay at. Yes. This feels like one of those places where you'd open up the room to the ballroom and see a sea of people all in in Victorian era gowns or whatever. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. Me too. Should we don our best, like, Edwardian dress and have a ball? Uh, I would love to. I've always wanted to host a ball. We should do it. Two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ball. A Halloween ball. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 
This is awesome. Wait, that would be really, really fun. Actually, one of the things that I want to do is the uh, Crane Estate that you and I have been to, the big castle in Ipswich, Massachusetts. Oh, yes, 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 They do – I know I go every year to the 1920s lawn party, but they also do a 1920s New Year's Eve party. So it's like the the actual like flapper dresses, that sort of vibe instead of lawn and tea and pastries. Wow. Like there's part of me that wishes I lived back then or like lived in an older time where the dresses were – big and floofy and corseted and your hair was all done up but then I'm like then I'm here sitting in my sweatpants that I only had like an ounce of energy to put the same clothes that I wore yesterday on so I'm like yes that sounds nice but I don't think I have the energy no no seems like a lot of work it is I didn't realize how many layers go into yeah dressing until on TikTok I (laughs) was sent on my For You page, a bunch of videos from a few people that like specialize in basically recreating outfits from certain oh, that's eras. That's cool. And it will be like eight layers. Yeah. I always think of Pirates of the Caribbean where, where Keira Knightley is wearing like the tight corset and she like falls over the oh, building yeah. into yeah, the ocean. Yeah, can't breathe. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. I wouldn't wow. want to do it. But I guess it also answers my question that I've had for a long time where I was like, how are people warm? I feel like I need so many layers on all the pictures from back then. I'm like, people were barely wearing anything. And I think it's because there's eight layers of fabric hidden, hidden yeah. beneath that. Yeah. What looks like a top shirt and the only shirt for us these days. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <sighs> All right, okay. since we're the sportiest two people that ever were, let's switch <laughs> from baseball and go to basketball. Ooh, sports. Get your head in the game. You got to get, 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 get your head in the game. Okay, to be fair, though, we are kind of sporty people. We played lacrosse it's in college. Just we're in, yeah, we're in the wrong sports right now. Yeah. We did yeah. play lacrosse. We were college lacrosse players. Yeah. I've run three marathons. Like, I'm, we're athletic. True. We just we, don't. We know are. a lot about other sports. The sports we did not play. Correct. Correct. Okay. So this is so wild because my hotel is truly like I think a sister hotel to yours in terms of spirit activity. Wow. I decided to do the Skirvin Hotel in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I was inspired to do this because if any of you listening remember back in Encounters episode 105, we read our listener Mariah's story where she told us about a lot of strange paranormal experiences she had while staying at the Skirvin Hotel on the night after her wedding. And just as a little recap, she told that they heard scratching on like the conjoining bedroom door, lights turned on and off, drawers would open on their own. Her husband woke up to see a spirit standing at the window during the witching hour, and then the spirit turned towards him and charged at him after yelling, are we lying now? So after that story, I was like, I need to know more. Oh my God, yeah. Because that is a very visceral, intense haunting. And so now I'm going to share what I learned with everyone else. Okay. Okay. Skirvin Hotel is located at 1 Park Avenue in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. The Skirvin Hotel is a stunning piece of architecture, but it does really stand out from the surrounding buildings. It's an imposing 14-story art deco meets gothic building that is reminiscent of some of New York City hotels, like 
Like I truly, it, I feel like you could copy and paste it into New York City. It's so pretty. Not that Oklahoma City is not, but it just has that same. <laughs> but it's just we've been to New York City and we have yeah. not been to Oklahoma City. So exactly. we can't speak for that city. Yeah. Exactly. It's my brain association. It also stands out because of its reputation, both good and bad. There is a lot of history and a lot of current happenings that have attributed to the Skirvin Hotel's fame. So I'll start with the history. The year is 1911. William Howard Taft was president. The Ganaka machine was invented, which is a machine that peeled and cored pineapples. Ooh. The Philly Athletics beat the New York Giants in the World Series. And the Skirvin Hotel is built because, yes, all of those facts are equally as important in, his, in history. <laughs> there is this man, William Skirvin or Bill, as I'll call him throughout this story, who was a wealthy oil tycoon and was determined to build the most extravagant and luxurious hotel Oklahoma had ever seen. He had acquired a bunch of land in Oklahoma City during the land rush of 1889 and had finally figured out what to do with it. So he hired the architect Solomon A. Layton, and together they constructed the Skirvin. The Skirvin Hotel opened on September 26, 1911, and very quickly became the crown jewel of the city. It had two 10-story wings that were both facing south, and that held 225 accommodations. They paid extreme attention to detail, even making sure to incorporate what was called iced air back then, aka air conditioning. They had running hot and cold water in each room, and it was one of the first buildings in the entire city to have those amenities. The exterior was Art Deco, and the interior was decorated in English Gothic detail, which I must say today adds a very, very spooky ambiance to the Skirvin Hotel. Like, it's already got a spooky vibe, but then you walk in and it has these, like, weird shapes of heads up on, like, the columns, and it's it just yeah. has a spooky vibe. That's super creepy. Although I will say I'm looking at pictures as you're, as you're talking about mm -hmm. it, and I think they did – modern day did a wonderful job lighting the exterior. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, but it's creepy. Super. Okay. So the hotel opens in 1911. It's the perfect time. Oklahoma City is rapidly transforming into a major economic center – and the combination of the stunning building and Bill Skirvin's charming hospitality, it allowed the Skirvin Hotel to be a gathering place and center for social ongoings. Bill had made sure to make the hotel as inviting as possible, and he spared no cost. He constructed a 500-person ballroom and imported Austrian chandeliers that cost more than $100,000 each. So, like, <laughs> this is bougie so bougie he is showing off his oil money i'm just picturing i'm just picturing bill sabotaging the project manager and just like far going over budget being like it's <laughs> fine and just everybody who has to work with him is like ripping their hair out like no that's not what we agreed upon yeah i mean it sounds like anything that bill wanted he got i mean it's his money so whatever i, I have one uh, of those chandeliers i don't love bill if you can't tell i have like an angst towards him yeah you'll I find out why hear it in, in your voice <laughs> Yeah, I'm not good at hiding my feelings when I don't like people. <laughs> okay, so the Skirvin Hotel attracts politicians, ranchers, famous bank robbers, presidents, wealthy elites, like all those – like just all types of people. There's actually uh, this person who was an attorney turned ex-convict for robbing trains turned future silent film star, Al Jennings. <laughs> Yeah, like his titles, the combination of things, I'll tell you in a second, but like, you, it's like, how did this happen? 
So his name is Al Jennings, and I guess he was an attorney, but then like decided to like rob trains because like that's quicker money. But he got caught, went to jail, and then after getting out of prison, he runs a bid for governor, and he ran that bid in the lobby of the Skirvin Hotel. Like that's where he announced it. Wow. He did not win the election, but he did become a silent film star, and a movie was made about him in 1951. So he won at life, I guess. I feel like this is the maybe not the best tale to tell your kids, but also a good example of <laughs> you can always restart. You can do whatever <laughs> you want to do. It's never too late to to jump into a new career. <laughs> Try being an attorney. Doesn't work. Go be a train robber. That Believe in work. yourself. You can do be a anything movie star. you set your mind to. <laughs> uh, would love to read a memoir of his. <laughs> I know. Okay, so basically, this is all to say that the hotel was thriving. And Bill decides to add a third 12-story wing for $650,000. And by 1930, the hotel could accommodate for... It had 525 guest rooms. They added a rooftop garden and a ridiculously expensive cabaret club. And you bet that during Prohibition, the Skirvin Hotel found itself the center of illegal parties, illicit drinking... And even during the Great Depression, Bill Skirvin managed to construct yet another extension to the building. And so while everyone else is losing money, he is just like building and building and continuing to thrive. Dang. But it was not all glitz and glamour because the hotel, while front facing seemed to endure and shine, there were a lot of dark happenings behind the scenes. So kind of going back in time, the very first thing I could find was that there was a very mysterious death, and it was the Skirvin Hotel's very first manager. He apparently was said to have shot himself in 1913, and it was ruled a suicide, but a very short time thereafter, it was ruled a murder. And I couldn't find any information as if to if the murder was solved, but I did find out that there was a lot of violence that took place within the halls of the Skirvin Hotel. Like, there were Wild West-style gunfights within the halls of the hotel. Dang. There's even a bullet apparently on like the 11th floor by an elevator shaft. And it's just like lodged into the wall from one of these I love shootouts. that they never took it out. That it's just still there. I know. The number of deaths inside the Skirvin are actually impossible to know because there were so many that were covered up. I mean, Bill was so connected that he could basically make anything disappear. He was smuggling things and people in and out of his hotel all the time. So there was just – and he also cared so much about reputation that I think he would throw money at covering things up. So mm. – and to add to it, Skirvin isn't this jolly family man that he tried to present himself to be. So his family, he had a wife and kids living in the hotel in this like stunning five-suite room. But while they're living there, Bill is just like running amok throughout the hotel. He's orchestrating bootlegging systems. He's signing off on rigged roulette machines. So he's like conning everyone who stays. He's having affairs with female staff within the hotel. And he just doesn't care who he hurts. Like he's like, this is my world and you're all living in it. Yeah. And this story I'm about to tell you, trigger warning, does involve suicide and makes me hate Bill so much. So – Bill was said to have many affairs, but there was one affair that was worse than the others and is kind of responsible for a majority of the hauntings in the hotel. It is said that during Prohibition, Bill had become infatuated with a hotel maid whose name was Effie. Effie was a normal woman trying to keep her head down and do her job. And this is just like, I got really upset because every time, every article I read 
called Effie a woman with loose morals and that she like all of this stuff. And it's like, hello, she was just a, like a maid. And Bill's the one who like came onto her. He clearly like forced himself upon people all the time and like was very aggressive yeah, and, and got what he wanted. Extremely powerful with a bunch of money. And exactly. A lot of powerful people. And this is the early 1900s. Even yes. today, that would still happen. Yes, it does. And sadly, still unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to change the narrative and ha- have more sympathy for Effie and Thank you. and be angry at Bill because that's how it should be. Okay, so Bill basically sees Effie and he's like, I want her. And so the story goes, Bill made a move on Effie and the two began a very complicated entanglement. Bill would sneak away from his family and sleep with Effie in the hotel and the affair resulted in Effie becoming pregnant. Also, how old is she? I don't know how old she was. Because I'm picturing him as like, I don't know, 55 An and her being yeah. 18. Yeah, I, I believe that to be true. And again, this goes back to like, this is the story that's been told for many, many years. But as Bill was known to do, I believe that the truth of who Effie was in the story was covered up quite a bit. Mm. So Effie becomes pregnant and she tells Bill and he practically loses his mind. Instead of treating Effie with any kind of human decency, he lies to her. He's like, I'm going to take care of you and our future child. But instead, he brings Effie up to the 10th floor under the guise of giving her a permanent room to stay in. And he really meant permanent because when Effie tried to leave, she found that the door was locked from the outside. Bill locked Effie into this room. A pregnant Effie locking her in a room, hiding her and his secret future love child from the rest of the world. Oh my AKA God. he was in self-preservation, D-I-C-K, head mode. Um, Effie spent the nine months of her pregnancy locked in this room, basically just being fed the bare minimum by like whoever knew she was in there and naturally became severely depressed. Yeah. She eventually gave birth to her child and was still not allowed out of the room. And Effie and her child just remained locked in this room on the 10th floor. And people complained of the sounds of a baby crying incessantly. So, like, the hotel basically wouldn't put people in the rooms near her to try to avoid complaints because Bill didn't want anyone to know that she was there. I immediately, as you were as you were saying that she got locked away in this hotel room, it just – I pictured the yellow wallpaper. You know that short story? Oh, yes. Like, this, this is what it feels like yes. she's going through. Oh, Oh my gosh, that's so interesting you say that because there is a haunting that I'll tell you about in a minute, but like of whispers in the wall. And if you remember in that short story, like there is like she like imagines the wallpaper moving and like talking Mm -hmm. to her. So it does make me wonder if Effie almost like became a part of the building. Anyway, Effie is so depressed and I mean probably has postpartum and, you know, just a lot going on. She can't keep this child from crying. She's not allowed to leave. She just has nothing that she feels like is worth living. And one day Effie makes a final effort to get out of the room, but again, couldn't. So after that, Effie opened the window of her room on the 10th floor, cradled her child in her arms and jumped the 10 stories to both of their deaths. Which also reminds me of the story from, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? What's the hotel in Los Angeles downtown? Oh, um, why am I blanking? Where did it go? I suddenly am too. The Cecil. The Cecil. Thank you. It kind of reminds me of that. I'm pretty sure there's a story like that there. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But ever since that day, guests have reported a wide range of hauntings that seem to be associated with Effie from people seeing an apparition looking like they're going to jump from the hotel window to and then all of a sudden disappearing to the cries of a child all hours of the day and night 
to Effie charging at guests, like the story from our listener Mariah, to a spirit even flirting with guests. But I do want to question the last reported haunting because people associate there's there very clearly is a ghost, and I will tell you in a minute that like flirts and comes on to guests. But I just don't necessarily believe Effie would be like that. Based on the history of the hotel, I'm sure there are so many spirits that might want to get it on with handsome male guests at the <laughs> hotel. But like based on Effie's tragic story, like I just can't see her doing that. Yeah. Like I, I can see her being the one who's like charging at people and yelling, are we are we lying now? And, you know, angry because that makes sense. Right. I'm just trying to give Effie what she deserves. She's she's not – I just, like, hate that people are giving her this bad rap. Well, and also, are we lying now? I feel like that could be Bill, too. Like, o- almost like he's trying to gaslight mm. her. Like, oh, are yeah. we lying now? Are you lying? Like, that's not actually what happened. Yeah. I mean, way. it did sound – it based on Mariah's story, I think it was a woman standing at the okay. window. And it was, like, also, like, standing at the window is, like, very similar to Effie. But, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. One shining light is that Bill Skirvin eventually got his comeuppance because karma's a B-I-T-C-H. After treating Effie and countless others so terribly, Bill actually fell into financial ruin and died in 1944. His family was forced to sell the beautiful hotel and it passed through many different hands and owners. And in 1988, the hotel was unfortunately forced to shut its doors. But when it was closed, and it was closed for 20 years, People would see a woman in the windows of the 10th floor as they passed by the hotel. And many people reported saying that, like, it seemed like there was something very alive inside the empty hotel. Ooh. A woman reported that she saw a woman standing in the window, and all of a sudden the woman started charging towards the window as if to jump and then vanished. Eventually, a new buyer was willing to renovate and reopen, and I think they put $50 million into the renovation And the ghosts did not make it easy. According to contractors, (laughs) the ghosts did not like the work. Many people quit and others tried to tell the owner to stop with the renovations. There was like one guy who quoted saying the hotel does not belong to the living anymore. It belongs to the dead and they're making it very clear. I mean, that is a huge hotel to just give up on and give to the dead. Yeah. I mean, they didn't. Yeah. So they didn't give up. And I think they ended up trying to maintain a lot of the original parts of the hotel while, you know, renovating it to make it more uh, modern. One worker of at that time said he saw objects moving without anyone around to actually move them. And as he was working, he would hear the crying and screaming of a woman. So finally, the renovations are completed in 2007 and the hotel reopens its doors and the hauntings just keep on happening. Doors open and close, lights turn on and off, whispers are heard in the walls. Very similar to what you were saying with yours. Apparitions stare at people in their sleep and there's a ghost that propositioned men at night. So this is where – and this is like the first thing that I saw when I searched the Skirvin Hotel. It's like countless members, NBA basketball players have had hauntings at the Skirvin Hotel because – When NBA teams come to play in Oklahoma City, they'll often stay at the Skirvin. But it seems like the ghosts at the hotel are like the secret weapon to the Thunder Oklahoma City's basketball team because they haunt the shiz out of their opponents at the hotel. And (laughs) apparently the Thunder has like the second highest home record, meaning they win the most at home because people are staying (laughs) at this haunted hotel. Wow. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. Like no. you have to basically prove the existence of ghosts in order for Yeah. Yeah, for that to be like evaluated as a disadvantage. I know. Okay, so there are countless stories, and I'll start with one from 2010. 
Ed Curry, who was the New York Knicks center, was staying at the hotel with his teammates and multiple players reported seeing, hearing, and experiencing hauntings. Ed Curry is seven foot tall. He is 295 pounds and he's staying in a room on the 10th floor when all of a sudden he wakes up to strange noises and briefly sees the apparition of a woman in his room. He was so spooked that he like knocked on his teammate Nate Robinson's door and was like, dude, scoot over. I'm sleeping in here tonight. (laughs) The next day, which was game day, so many of the players were rattled and had experienced things the night prior that they ended up losing the game. And to this day, they blame the loss on the Skirvin Hotel. When Tim Hardaway was a rookie on the Knicks, they were about to go to Oklahoma City, and he had overheard a bunch of other players talking about their experiences at the Skirvin Hotel. And he was like, you know, it's his first year. They're all getting ready to go stay at this hotel, and he's like not sure if they're just like messing with him or if they're joking. And they were saying things like the walls were making noise and they heard people laughing and crying in the night and that some people woke up to whispering in their ears. And one guy even claimed that things were moved around in his room. So Tim's like, I don't know. I don't know what to think. And he walks into the hotel and immediately gets a creepy vibe. But he's like, you know what? Maybe it's just like all the things that people have been saying. I don't know. So he stays there. And the first time he stays, he has nothing happen. He slept with the TV on. It didn't turn off during the middle of the night. He was fine. But the next morning, all of his other teammates are talking about hearing phantom screaming all night. And they lost the game that day. The next time Tim stays, he starts to notice things being moved around in his room when he was not touching them. He tried to write it off. But as he's falling asleep, he starts hearing footsteps hovering right outside of his room. And he's like, it's just a hotel, like people are walking outside, whatever, no big deal. But then all of a sudden there's a loud screeching coming from the walls, accompanied with like little voices, whispers, a cacophony of whispers, like tons and tons of whispers coming through the walls. And as this is happening, the footsteps outside are growing louder and louder, like charging towards his room. And he's convinced that someone's outside of his room. He thrusts open the door and there's no one, nothing. The hallway is empty. So Tim was like, okay, I finally believe in these hauntings. But for some reason, and this is like, also these are just like a few of the stories where I feel like almost every NBA team who stayed here, like it's just known in the NBA that the Skirvin Hotel is haunted, but the teams continue to stay. I was just gonna say, why do they keep staying there? I don't know. Uh, maybe they have a deal with them. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe, in, maybe, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe because it's such a huge hotel, you can get yeah. that that big block of rooms every time. Yeah, I don't know. So in 2016, and this is the wildest encounter that I read about, Lakers player Meta World Peace, previously known as Ron Artest, he and his teammates are supposed to stay at the Skirvin, but a lot of his teammates had actually opted out of staying there because they were like, I don't want to experience the hauntings, which means that they had to pay for their own room elsewhere, which obviously they're fine. They can all do that because they're NBA players. Yeah. But Meta's like- $30 million contract. <laughs> it does help. But Meta's like, I don't know. I don't really believe in that stuff. So he checks in to the Skirvin Hotel. And that night he's watching a movie he, and he, he even says like, it was a really good movie. And he's slowly drifting into sleep when all of a sudden he feels hands on him. And not just one set of hands, but multiple hands all over him, touching him, groping him, grabbing him in places that they should not have been. (gasps) Meta was like quoted saying there were ghosts all over me making sexual advances. He was so horrified and in shock that he couldn't move. 
And I have no idea. I've tried to find like how it stopped, if it just like stopped on its own, if he said something, if he got up. I couldn't find anything. But the next day, he was like so off his game. And once again, the team lost. And Meta was so uneasy about his experience that he was like kind of half joking, but also serious. He's like, do I take the hotel to court? Like, I can't take a ghost to court for touching me in the wrong places. Like, but who do I accuse? Like, he was assaucted in his sleep. Yeah, by a succubus. I know. Or multiple. Other guests, NBA players have been like confronted by a spirit of a woman who like try to like go into their room with them. Again, I don't believe that's Effie. So moving forward, a lot of the players refused to stay at the Skirvin Hotel. A player of the Phoenix Suns once woke up to find his bathtub filled with water. Oh, that's just creepy. It's so creepy. A Bulls player heard his bathroom door slamming shut, and there are many reports of creaks, moans, and groans at night. So I I couldn't find if people still stay there, but it does sound, I mean, as of 2016, people or NBA teams were still staying there, which just feels like, hey, at this point, find a new hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, so, uh, I'm sure a lot of them do at this point. Yeah. But similar to your hotel, the hauntings are not limited to just NBA or sports players. Anyone and everyone alike will and have reported hauntings. One employee spent six years working at the Skirvin and would often hear the wailing of a baby during her night shifts. Oh, oh that makes I know. me so sad. This is terrifying. A guest was taking a shower and when they got out, discovered the words, HELP ME, in all caps, Written in the fog in the mirror on the sh- from the shower. Yeah. I wonder what room they were in. I don't know, but uh, uh, apparently they like reported it to the hotel and the employee was like, yeah, we've had uh, reports that that verbiage may appear in the mirror often. So that's not the first time that's happened. No. Oh, my God. This makes me wonder if it's Effie. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it could be a lot of different spirits, but. Yeah, I do wonder. I mean, it does sound like because there have been reports of a woman pushing a baby carriage in the hallways, which could maybe be Effie finally roaming the halls outside of the room that she was locked in. But I, it does seem like she's trapped within the hotel. And if I were her, I would want to be helped right. and find a way out of it as well. So I don't know. People have felt the presence of an apparition joining them in the shower or watching them as they shower. There's a lot of water-related things, like the bathtub being filled in the middle of the night is really, really creepy. Yeah. In 1994, a security guard told his story to a group of um, ghost hunters and said that apparently Effie revealed herself to him with the scent of lavender perfume. And again, who knows if it was actually Effie, but apparently the guard was saying that the spirit tried to seduce him and the ghost told him that she wanted him to join her in the afterlife. And he was driving a truck one night when all of a sudden she manifested herself in the passenger seat and held the guard's leg to the gas pedal trying to make him crash. What? Yeah, I don't know. So scary. It is, which also makes me wonder if like he's reincarnated as Bill or something, or, or just, Bill, or there's he, some yeah. sort of like resemblance, or just like confusion where like she was yeah. able to clearly see that it's not right him, it's not her abuser. Yeah. Well, today the Skirvin Hotel is a member of Historical Hotels of America and is a Hilton brand hotel. And the management is not really inclined to discuss or believe in the earthbound spirits that continue to haunt the halls. Either they're frightened to or maybe they signed non-disclosures. I don't know. But that is the Skirvin Hotel in Oklahoma City. Okay. This is so fascinating. And as you were talking about it, I was looking at a ton of pictures. And I found an article from 2019 that says Kylie Irving is making a movie about the Skirvin ghost. (gasps) About Effie. 
What? Is it out? It says, it says he's producing a horror movie of sorts about Effie the ghost. Actually, I did see something where there was like a basketball player who was supposed to be in the movie because of their experiences. But yeah, I don't know what happened to it. I mean, it was announced in January of 2019 that it was going to happen. But of course, you know, pandemic and interesting changing interests. Who knows if it's actually going to happen? But that is wild. It's scary to think of how many experiences people have given how large this hotel is. Like, I feel like there's so much opportunity for you to not have a, a haunting. Right. And yet so many people do. It's like, yeah. it's, I feel like there's a haunting a night. Like, there's got to be something happening constantly. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, whether they're reported or not, there's probably something. Right. Yeah, because think about how many people just never report anything. Like, it. Most people aren't professional athletes that are giving interviews on the regular and are like, hey, I stayed at this haunted hotel. Like, you either have to go to TripAdvisor. Right. Or, yeah, you'd have to find your own way to posting it because most people will just stay quiet or just tell, like, their friends. Right. Or us. Or us. Or tell them on the way. podcast. Yeah. Follow us. Would you stay at the Skirvin? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really want to stay at either of these hotels. <laughs> I just feel like it's too – It's there's too much action. Like it's too – I don't – But it is kind of like if we are going on a haunted tour of the United States, it is one of those things where like you do want to go to a place where there's a lot, a lot of hauntings happen. And these are relatively benign. Yeah. I was going to say on my own – when I was like, here's the thing. I was going to say on my own, I don't think I would stay there. With you, I think I would stay pretty much just about <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> wow you're putting a lot of faith into me well because it's more fun like when we're doing ghost yeah. hunting stuff together and we're like we're both we both are aware yeah we both have the same awareness of the paranormal and the same belief so i feel like it would be i wouldn't feel uncomfortable like i'd have to like argue with someone and fight for us to leave if i was right. too scared or or someone wouldn't go wander the halls with me at at midnight to see if we see anything like you would yeah so. that's true that's true it's better together everything <laughs> is you and i take on the world taking on these two hotels it's just funny to think about these large muscular athletes being so spooked and then to think of us just waddling down the same halls <laughs> trying frolicking. to seek out these spirits. frolicking with the spirits frolicking singing Writing notes in steamy mirror right back to them. <laughs> Help me. Me okay. too. Me too. Girl. What do you need, girl? <laughs> Don't we all need a little bit of help? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. 
Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Listener stories. Okie dokie. This is from our listener, M. Hi, ladies. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. I wanted to tell you about my experience at the Murphy's Hotel. I first visited the town of Murphy's when I was about seven or eight on our way back from a trip to our family cabin, and Murphy's is a pretty small village in the Sierra Nevada foothills, mainly known for the former pioneer town. On our short pit stop in town, my dad and I decided to go explore the old hotel on Main Street. Walking through the hotel hallways, I was fascinated by the names of former guests painted on the guest room doors. Oh, this reminds me of like Encanto, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I love this. Mark Twain, Susan B. Anthony, and Ulysses S. Grant were just a few of the many notable guests. This awe continued all the way until we made it to the private dining room of the hotel restaurant, where then I was accompanied by this eerie feeling that someone was watching us in that empty room. After we left the dining room and headed towards the lobby, I pulled my dad aside and told him that I thought that there was a ghost in the hotel. He said that this very well could be, and as soon as we reached the front desk, he then had me ask if the hotel was haunted. The receptionist just smiled at me and responded, yes, there was a woman named Eleanor who used to work here for a long time. She ended up perishing in a fire where the dining room is now. Feeling equally creeped out and proud that I could sense the presence, we carried on with our trip. From then on, every time we stopped at the hotel, something strange would happen. My first time back was just a year or two later. I headed straight to the small dining room to see a portrait of Eleanor that I had missed the first time I was there. I took some time to stare at the portrait and then finally said to myself, wow, she's beautiful. And this was met with a woman's voice behind me saying, thank you. Oh, <laughs> Expecting wow. a family member or staff to be behind the voice, I turned around only to see that the room was completely empty. <laughs> Obviously a bit freaked out, I hurried back to my family who was waiting in the lobby and had us rush to the car to go home. <laughs> that portrait always mesmerized me to the point where once when we sat in the dining room across from it, I was compelled to, without really looking down, sketch an almost perfect copy of her image on the menu. Note, I've never been particularly good at drawing any other time in my life. This reminds me of like down a dark hall, you know? Yeah. Suddenly an artist, something channeled through her. Yeah. Even now at age 24, I still think about that hotel and Eleanor every once in a while. I haven't visited in years, but I think once all of this pandemic slash California being on fire business is over, I just might have to make a visit to my old friend Eleanor. Plus, now that I'm of legal age, I can finally investigate their reportedly haunted saloon. Ooh. <laughs> um. Wow. I, it's so interesting. Like Eleanor and her very clearly have some connection and I wonder what it is and or if multiple people experience it. If it's just M, like what what is it about the two of them that it is connecting them? Right. It's so interesting because her other like her family's with her. Yeah. Or maybe it's just certain people that Eleanor feels comfortable presenting herself to. It's not like M is the only person that Eleanor has ever shown up for. Like the staff is right. clearly aware of her presence. Yeah. But I wonder who she picks out, how she picks people out, or if maybe M is just really sensitive to it. Yeah, I don't know. I want to go here though. This is a place I would go it to. It does sound fun. Eleanor sounds nice. So yeah and it's pretty yeah or it sounds like a cool pretty like old historic hotel in the foothills of the sierra nevada sounds lovely yeah. 
does. It really does. I'll put on my finest clothes that Stitch Fix hooked me up with, and uh, you and I can go on a little date there. Parade around and impress Eleanor. Yeah. Okay. So I chose this story from our listener, Marissa, because it takes place in my favorite, one of our favorite collective cities to go to ever, Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Marissa says, Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I've been listening to your podcast for the past few months to help get through my super long work days. Your podcast is simply amazing and it makes my days go by so fast. My fiance and I have been trying to plan a trip to Salem, Massachusetts. My fiance has not had many, if any, paranormal encounters, so he is excited to go. While looking for places to stay, I was reminded of an encounter I had in Salem as a child and I figured I would share. Okay. So when I was about 10 years old, my family visited Salem, Massachusetts. Having heard all the stories of ghosts and paranormal happenings that happened there, I was already nervous about going. Once we arrived, I noticed we were staying in an old hotel that used to be a house. The whole place gave off uneasy vibes, and the woman who showed us to our room told us that the place was extremely haunted. Once at the room, I was terrified because we were staying in room 666 because apparently my father had requested that room. Once we were settled in, we went out to visit all the tourist attractions and we were there for two days. On the first night after coming back to the hotel, I saw two small handprints in the glass by the door. My father commented that the hotel must go all out to make it seem haunted, which we later found out that they did no such thing. Throughout the first night, the fireplace kept going on and off. We were told that it was broken. Aside from it going on and off itself, we were never able to turn it on when we wanted to. That same night, as I showered, I saw an outline of someone running around the bathroom through the shower curtain. Thinking it was my brother, I told him to get out. In response, my brother yelled from outside of the bathroom, saying, get out from where? I opened the shower curtain and saw that there was no one in the room, but there were two tiny small handprints in the steam on the mirror. The first night while I was sleeping, I kept seeing a woman walk around the room. I heard whispers by my ear and felt tugging at the covers. However, it was the events of the second night that had me truly terrified. The second night, we had confirmed that we were the only family in the hotel. The hotel was made up of a few different properties, and due to the room request, we were the only ones in the entire house. The second night, while we were sleeping, I heard whispers and felt someone rip the covers off of me. Terrified, I made my father sleep in that room, and I slept with my mother. Later that night, I walked into the bathroom and screamed as I saw a woman in the reflection behind me. Running back to the bed with my mom, I fell asleep, and I heard the woman whisper that she took something. The next morning, as we began to pack up, we found that our keys were missing. We had had them the night prior, and the next morning, they were just gone. We never found them, and we were forced to stay there longer. I've never visited Salem since. Flash forward to many years later, I was talking to my mother about the happenings in Salem, and she said that now that I was an adult, she could tell me that she spoke to the woman ghost. The woman ghost and my mother argued because this woman said she wouldn't allow us to leave. What? And that was the night before our keys went missing. Oh, I am convinced that she took them. She says, now I have many other stories I can share, but let me know if you want them. Stay safe and spooky. Best, Marissa. I need to know exactly what this place <laughs> is called. I know. Must find little we ghost can, hands. Yeah. What if we go stay there? I'm down. It's so close to you. I know. Yeah, so it's a quick escape. We can just zip right back to my apartment if we're yeah, too scared. Yeah, if we, if we get scared, we have somewhere to go. We have it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is so creepy. I mean. And it's like the small hand, so it means there's like a kid ghost and right. there's the woman. 
I just wonder who owned this house before and why didn't she want them to leave? Yeah, it almost makes it almost makes me feel like she's collecting all of these little kid ghosts and she wanted all of the children, the living children for herself as well. Lock them How indoors. hocus pocus of you. Children. Yes. But it does also seem like, I don't know, I wonder if maybe they just don't like the comings and goings of so many different people and they're like, we like this family. You guys should stay here, live here forever. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough position for spirits to be in, you know, to be in like an Airbnb, yeah. a bed and breakfast, a hotel, or just any place where people are coming and going and there's constantly new energy, new faces. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. I wonder what they prefer. Like, do you prefer a bunch of new people just constantly up in your space or ghosts? Would you like to gamble on a family moving in that you actually hate and you're stuck with them always? (laughs) (laughs) Let us know what you prefer. We'll do an Instagram questionnaire for you ghosts. (laughs) Only the ghosts can respond. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, I want to go. We have a it few sounds... more places on our bucket list. I know. Yeah, we'll As have to... the list continues. Marissa will have to tell us exactly where that was so we can go. Yeah. I wonder if she stays there again with her fiance. Oh, what will happen? Yeah. If they're like, we remember you. You came back. With little little handprints everywhere. I know. Ah. Wow. The fact that her dad requested room 666, though, is they asked for it. They did. They asked for that. I kind of like it though. I appreciate that, but I'd be I'd be pretty yeah. scared. I think what she experienced is so spooky. But just the fact that her her mom, like years later, tells her that she actually had this full on yeah. interaction with the woman. Yeah, I can't even imagine Ugh. what that was like for her. Like she, the next day, she's trying to leave and pack up her family and let them go and can't find like, her nope. keys. It's like holy. I wonder what her internal monologue was. Like holy shit, this is the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah. I need to get my family out of here. This lady's coming for them. Also, like Marissa said, they they were forced to stay longer. So when did they find their keys? How long did it take? How much longer did they stay? And what happened after? Marissa, we have unanswered questions. (laughs) Wow. We'll follow up. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well. (laughs) My migraine's gone. I feel better. Ghost stories cure everything. Okay, good. Maybe it wasn't the Advil that I took. It was the ghost story. (laughs) But this does make me – I feel like I'm not – my my need for a list of haunted hotels has not been fulfilled yet. I need 20 more. I know. Well, yes, because we're clearly going to r- live on the road for like five years. Exactly. Forget the woods. <laughs> we're going on a haunted road trip. Hitting the from, road. Hitting the road. Wide open road. Oh, fun. Well, the, here's our <sighs> call to action. If you have a haunted hotel suggestion, if you've ever been in a haunted hotel, or if you just have any sort of paranormal encounter, good, bad, mm-hmm. heartwarming, sad – funny whatever email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and then go ahead and rate and review us on itunes you can support us by buying merch you can support us by joining patreon there are so many ways to love us and you can follow us on social media we have tiktok green room green room we go on green room it is an app when we say spotify green room i don't want people to be too confused because i've had a couple of our friends ask before so you have to download an app called green room it's owned by spotify so it's not actually on the spotify app it's a whole nother app called green room you can access it on your desktop you can download the app on your phone and then you can join us every tuesday where our name is campfire stories And we go live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen. You can join the chat. You can raise your hand and volunteer yourself to come on stage and tell your story live. Tell your spooky tale. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. It's truly the best part of our week. It's so fun to interact with you all. It's so So great. 
Join us, bring your friends and family, and it will be fun. Thank you so much to Aiden Manning and the entire team at Upfire Digital for editing this podcast. We very much appreciate you. We also really, really, really love and appreciate our Patreon donors. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.